Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts you know when you come from detroit you know that this guest has to be special to be on this show, the official, that ah, fucked it up. Let's start all over again. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Eating While Broke. I'm your host, Colleen Witt, and today we have special guest actor, comedian, all the way from Detroit, Spanky Hayes is in the building. Yes, ma'am. And I'm really excited about this moment because this is full circle. We go way back. I'm talking way, way back. back. You know, way back. way back. I was fresh from New York when I I knew you. Wow. Yeah, I was still rocking a lot of Tims. I think. I think. Yeah. 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 yeah I was. A lot, a of, lot Tims. of Tims. Yeah. That was like that was a like lot of attitude and a lot of Tims. Yeah.
So we go way back, yo. We go too way back. And that's good for this episode because I know where to dig and, and search for all the crumbs. But speaking of crumbs, uh, Spanky, we yeah. got to know what you was eating while you were broke. Okay, so this is pretty simple. Uh, you have the rice right here, uh, and you have tuna, and you have butter, and then you got... Hot sauce. Hot sauce. So when uh, we went back and forth on, you know, what is Spanky going to eat? And Spanky said tuna and rice. And I was like, huh? <laughs> like, and so even before you got here, it was like, I would have loved to like prepare for you. But I was like, there has to be missing ingredients because no. surely it can't be tuna and rice. And this is how desperate I was. Usually, I buy the tuna in water. Right. But because you said tuna and rice, I said, well, maybe he needs some soft tuna. So I got the tuna in oil. That's, that's how. A, that's not bad. That's because I was like, surely there's missing ingredients. But this is a true classic broke dish that has never been done on this show. Woo! And we didn't have to search hard for it. So I'm super excited because that means the broker the dish, as you guys know, the better the stories. There we go. There we go. So, seeing that you didn't have to cook it, um, let's watch you prep this dish and walk us through it because most of our audience is listening, not watching. Okay. okay, so for the listeners that should be watching, mm -hmm. uh, I would just take uh, some rice right here. Mm -hmm. Then I would, like, just take some butter mm -hmm. and... Uh, if the rice, like the, the rice, rice gotta be hot though. Yeah, I think it's like warm-ish. Okay, let me see. Is it? See. Break it down. Yes, yeah, it's, it's melting a little bit. Okay, okay. Bit. So you put butter in the rice. In the rice. Okay, okay. And then melt it so it could like taste buttery. Yeah. Trust me, I'm a butter fan. I, I like butter. every dish. I tell people I go through like a stick of butter probably every three dishes I make. That's how much butter I go through. I'll take a whole stick of butter and fry a steak. Ooh. I feel like I would want to eat that steak. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's amazing. Really? It's amazing. Really? Yes. Okay. What seasonings do you put, though? Just like Lori season salt. Mm, some oh, kind of Lori's. Lori's again. <laughs> <laughs> some kind of uh, like garlic salt, mm -hmm. probably. So, uh, guys, I'm watching him mash the butter into the rice. And it's going down. Tell you. Okay. You know, I had someone on the show. I think they did like eggs, runny eggs and rice, and it was actually pretty good. So I could see that. Yeah, runny eggs. I could see yeah. that. Do you like eat your eggs runny? I like I like all kind of eggs. Yeah. Though. But I could see that like if you got like salmon croquettes and you got rice mm -hmm. and then you got eggs, so then maybe the eggs kind of go over into the rice. Mm -hmm. I could see that. So is this a dish that you would eat on the road, or is this like a dish you ate when you were broke? I, I used to eat this when I was totally broke. I could, only thing I would have to have somebody make the rice for me. But it's so easy to steal uh, tuna, you know what I'm saying, out of the supermarket. Did if you I, say steal? Yeah, I mean, if I had to. <laughs> you know what I'm so if I had to steal, you know what I'm saying? Tuna's great. Okay. And then okay, I think we I think we Well the cool ready. thing about, you know, today's episode, I am a avid sponsor of the minute rice you put in a microwave. I love it. It's a minute and thirty seconds. It's some of the best rice money can buy. Okay. Here's here, you can make both at the same time. 
So we got the rice, the buttery rice in a bowl. Okay. 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 So, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it real for all y'all listeners to see if this really hits. So I was gonna ask you, how many times have you not liked the dish? Um, there are a couple of dishes that I definitely will never eat again, and that was the tuna casserole. Shout outs to Uplift Us Marketplace. I actually hated that dish. Wow. And then uh the pickled egg by Miss Jackson was that sounds terrible. terrible. Those are the only two dishes that like I'll never eat so in life. So now if you like hot sauce. No. You don't like hot sauce. No. Okay. So don't put that. So okay. you might want to put like maybe just a, a drop. little salt. Go ahead. Just oh a salt. Okay. Just a little. Maybe. But the bolt the sputter has salted. Well. Okay. You one of them healthy people. No, I'm not. I just okay. I'm just not from Cali and I can't do that. Is, can I take this one? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you said like a drop. So that's well, my oh, oh. evidently. So I, I just put it just a little. Okay, that's it. That's it. Okay. Because you don't want me uh, having a heart attack while interviewing you. <laughs> no, I don't. I, don't I was interviewing someone I was interviewing, and I think they put a lot of hot sauce, and it was too much. So I'm guessing we're just going to mix it together? Yeah, just you just get in there and do it okay. however you I thought for sure it. you were forgetting like mayo or something. No way. That'll be like a sandwich. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Let's see if it's hitting. Boom. Let's see. Come on, tell me. What'd you think? Surprisingly. Aha! Now, see? I'm going to rate this because this dish costs like $3 and you can, you could literally make a couple of them because I yeah. did two cans of tuna. Uh, expensive packet of pre-made rice. It was like two bucks. Okay. Mm. You could put lemon. You could put. Let me tell you, this can definitely hit. And I, I could see like you adding lemon. I'm really. Mm -hmm. See? See? But if you're broke, for sure, for sure, this dish will carry you through. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. It's like eating like a king on a budget, though, because you have your protein and you have your rice and it's filling. You're going to work out right after this. I'm not going to lie. I feel bad for my child because. If I'm ever desperate, I'm going to make this. <laughs> she, they're going to love it. I feel like my daughter would really love this. I'm telling you. And I'm probably going to give this to school for her school tomorrow. <laughs> I come home sometimes I'm like, what am I going to give her? But this is actually brilliant. I'm telling you. I've been doing this for years. Does this years. reheat well, too? I don't know. I never tried to cook it. I just always. Let me tell you. Perfect dish. Thank you. Perfect dish. See? Great job. You were scared. I was definitely scared. Because <laughs> I was like, this is just going to be dry as hell. But. No, it's good. As long as it got butter and you got like some salt or like some lemon or this hot sauce, boom. You on. You can tell by the way I'm eating it. It's good, guys. See? It's so I'm going to swallow. It's good. So I can get you to spill all the tea. Good. Come on, I'm ready. Mm. I am ready. Oh my gosh, that's a great dish. Thank you. Like, if I'm ever struggling, that's going to be my go-to. Yeah. And guys, it's better than ramen. If you've been eating ramen for like weeks, switch it up. Do the rice thing. And then my family, my dad's side of the family is from Cuba. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I got it from. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? But they would do it like with Spam, but I don't like Spam. I hate, oh, I tried Spam on this show. That's another Ugh. thing. 
I'll never do spam. Thank no. you for reminding me. I hate spam. So those are my three. We'll never do again. I hate spam. I tried it. No. Oh, God. Spam is terrible. It's so salty. Right. Ugh. So I tried it with that. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know be great with this? Like if you do the corned beef with the rice, maybe? Mm. And an egg. That might be good, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you're inspiring me. See, there we go. That's why we're here. So take us back to what was going on during this era. Okay. Um, I find myself still there sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, you know. So you've rode the roller coaster wave of having money and losing money, having money and losing money? Oh, my God. And then you have also rode the wave of popularity and being in and, you right. know, out, right? Right. I would say. So why don't we do this? Since this dish is a don't rolling worry. piece. Yeah. Let's take us back. Take us back to Detroit. Okay. What was going on? Detroit is a great place to be from, but it's very hard. Like, people are hard. The women are very hard. <laughs> it's like your daddy is mean, your granddaddy mean. It's like that. It's like kind of like New York. Well, I'll tell you this. I went to Detroit, and uh, I didn't know what to think. It was like there was maybe a block where there was two houses that were legit, right. and then, like, everything around looked like a bomb hit it. And if it was California, they would have revitalized exactly. the whole thing. But you're like, wait, y'all lived here how long, and yeah. it's still looking like this? And it's a whole city like that. I'm surprised when I go down to Detroit that people... It's so hard to see past your environment growing up in it. Right. But to get out of that environment, I have so much respect for people because it's like, Man. bro, you had to see through the dirt. Yes. You had to see your dreams through like, I don't know. You'd have to, I don't know. Where do you get your inspiration from in Man, Detroit? Is it TV or? Yeah, because well, it's so violent there. And it's mm -hmm. so like, mm, you got to like sell, I don't know how far I can go in here, but you got to like sell drugs and you got to like, do weird shit. Yeah. You know, like, from 16. Yeah, yeah. So you're doing some crazy stuff to get money. And then most of the time your mother's at work because they have Chrysler and Ford and mm -hmm. it's like that. So a lot of people work in the, in the plants. But if you work in a plant, you work in like 12, 16 hours. So your parents are not around. Mm -hmm. So you grow up, like, really fast. Like, so extremely fast. You're growing up fast in Detroit. What At what age do you decide I'm leaving? As soon as I graduated from high school, I said, you know what? I can't I can't live in Detroit anymore. And then I was so disappointed. My grandmother lived in Harlem, mm -hmm. in New York. So I would go there every summer. And then, like, once I was kind of too big, like, I, I could have either moved there or moved to L.A., but I just chose L.A. because I didn't know nothing about it. So, but what inspired you to move? Did you know you wanted to do comedy at that point? Or did you know you wanted to be in the industry? Like, or yeah. you just wanted to get, get, run me away from Detroit? Yeah, I had to get the fuck, uh, the F away from Detroit. But I wanted to be an actor. Okay. Well, I didn't even want to do comedy. I wanted okay. to be an actor. And I thought, in Detroit, I couldn't, like, find a way to do that. Mm -hmm. It was, like, no outlets, really. Mm -hmm. And then in New York, it seems so... Serious, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, New York is also extremely fast paced compared to Detroit. Very, like, extremely. <laughs> it's like if you go from Detroit to New York. I mean, if you make it from Detroit straight to New York, I mean, you need a oh, like an Olympic medal because exactly. the, the pace is completely different. I would, 
You know how I would get there? I would leave at 10 o'clock at night on the bus mm-hmm. from Detroit and like 11 o'clock, like in the before noon, mm-hmm. I would be in New York. Okay. But it, even Greyhound. though you were familiar with New York, you still chose LA. Yeah. Okay. So you arrive in LA. Suitcase. What's going on? You're straight from high school. What's your pockets looking like? Nothing. What's your connects looking like? Nowhere. You have no connects? Nothing. I just came out here. Okay, so you come out here. And I'm, I'm Paint like, the picture. I'm going to be a star. And I have my cousins. <laughs> I had some cousins out here already. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, okay, we heard that before. But I'm like, no, you don't get it. I'm going to be a star. So it's funny because everybody I meet from Detroit, it seems like that is how it goes down. It's like, no, like when I moved out from New York, I didn't have nobody to like comadre with, but right. I see Detroit people in the industry, they kind of stick together. Like I they're do. like family. I do. It's like you guys have your own college, uh, what do you call it? Like fraternity almost. Exactly. Oh, you from Detroit? Okay, what what is what up though? Right. What up though? <laughs> what up though? You and, second and, you hear that, you're like, oh, the fraternity just started. <laughs> and, and you know what's crazy about that? It's like it's so many comics that I that's from Detroit mm-hmm. that I meet out here that I didn't know in Detroit. Mm-hmm. But they just instantly family. Yeah. Yeah. They we from Detroit. Yeah, you guys have a ride or die. I don't think New Yorkers really had that because we meet people from New York and it's like, okay, we cool. But Detroit, y'all is like, okay, yeah. you, you a part of my hood now. What you need, just call, you uh, know? Exactly. Y'all be crashing on each other's couches. All, all that. that. Couch surfing. I slept on thousands of couches. Yeah. 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 Okay. Trying to get this shit. So you're in, you're out here. How long would you say you were struggling before you got your first big opportunity? Wow. I would say about about five years. Five years? Yes. I of was straight out, struggle. Yeah, of struggling. And you're only doing uh, acting. You're not even doing comedy, right? So when I got to L.A., I started doing comedy. and uh, Well, a little bit before that. But when I got to L.A., I started seeing, like, Ricky Harris and all these big guys. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, well, my bad. I'm really in comedy now. So I took it a little bit more serious. Uh, but it was it was the beautiful struggle. I was broke. I used to have to date fat girls that I don't like and to like survive, get, right? Yeah, to eat. Yeah. Stuff like that. That like, seems to be the Detroit player story of the year. Like, I feel <laughs> like Detroit guys move here, they're like, well, let's find abroad. But oh, yeah. it's weird because the culture in Detroit, you said the women are harder, right? Yeah, so you can't do that to them. In Detroit. But in L.A., it's like a land oh, of the adopt God. adopt your boyfriend. L.A. is like the prettier girls. They, like, give more. They're nicer. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, so that's beautiful. Yeah. Detroit girls, this is beautiful Detroit girls, but it, they're just so hard to talk to. <laughs> the defenses are up. Yeah, well, because like Detroit It's kind of like New York, because yeah. you know how, like, New York people, girls, they walk with the headphones on. You can't even talk to nope. them. Nope. So it's kind of like you that. Say? I'm, I'm listening to my music. Right, right. <laughs> then some now they don't even turn Man. around. Mm-mm. It's like yo, yo. They just keep walking. Like yo, what the fuck. But yeah, Detroit was horrible at the time. It was beautiful to be from there because I, I knew what kind of real life was. But then once I got indulged in LA, it was like I didn't go home for like eight years. So my mom didn't see me for like eight years. Oh, you didn't even go back to visit? No. Wow. So uh-huh. comedy scene in L.A. is notorious for not paying comics. Right. So which and what I've learned through eating while broke, guys. See, you ain't even eating it. 
is I can't because I'm going to be all up in your... See, you think you can sneak a bite, but when I hit you with a question, you're going to have to swallow fast. Right. All right. But, but um, what I've learned is, you know, with the comedy scene, and, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you got to pick your comedy club and kind of work it, work it, work it to death. Right. And that's your loyal club. And then the rest, you're like a little pop up. So which was your loyalty club? I was, you know, I was extremely lucky mm-hmm. when I first uh, came here. I was like, uh, what, like 17, 18, mm-hmm. and I did a Fat Tuesday. My cousin, um, um, damn, I'm sorry. My, my <laughs> You forgot your cousin's name? <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's why I saw funny. That's why I saw funny. <laughs> my funny, Keith, Keith Washington is my cousin. Okay. So he always tell me don't call him. Older cousin. Don't say I'm your older cousin. Just say I'm your cousin. Okay. So that that's what's so funny <laughs> about that. But my cousin, he took me around. Like, he took me shopping. Mm-hmm. He took me, like, to Melrose. First day. First mm-hmm. day. And took me to Melrose, took me to Roscoe's, took me all these places. And got me all fresh. And he was like, I'm taking you to the comedy store. And it was Fat Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, Snoop Dogg, everybody was there. This is, like, right before Tupac got killed. So okay, he, okay. he was even wow. There. Okay, whoa. It, it was okay, crazy. Okay, so I went up. They didn't want to let me up. Uh, yeah, I guess Keith like paid Joe uh, Guy Tory a couple dollars, mm-hmm. and he let me up, and I got a stand ovation. And Missy Shore, the owner of the comedy store, was sitting right in the audience. Get the freak out! Right, and she came right up to me like, "Yo, you want to be a regular?" And I was like, "What?" Uh, Sure, but I didn't even know what I was saying. Yeah, sure yeah, to. yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're a paid regular, and you're gonna every night. So and from that day on, I was every day all three rooms. I would hit all three rooms. No way. But what crazy. was the pay looking like? Because comedy store doesn't really pay that much. Well, they pay like seventy five dollars if you're a paid regular. Okay. So, but imagine seven days a week going up at least twice. Yeah. In 1990, yeah, 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 99. Well, shoot, first of all, you're going, you're getting paid to tell jokes. There's no greater dream than that. Exactly. I would love to take your career if I was skilled. Man, <laughs> you could do it. You've been <laughs> cracking jokes forever. <laughs> but yeah, that that was like kind of a blessing. I mean, it wasn't the answer, but yeah. it was a little better. Everybody was yeah. jealous of me. Like, oh, yeah, you're a hell regular yeah. At the comedy store. And that was your first night. Yes. Yeah. Okay, the you first, hit home run. Night. So your confidence must have been through the roof. Through the roof. But you were still struggling. Yeah. And okay. then I would do extra work. Mm-hmm. I did uh, shows like uh, Moesha. Mm-hmm. I did uh, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey kicked me off the first day Why? that I was on it. Because he was, like, showing some shoes. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I'm from Detroit. We wear gaiters. And he mm-hmm. was like, should I wear the gaiters or should I wear these? And I was like, gaiters. But I kept walking. Because uh-huh. I know I don't know him. Yeah. And he was like, come here, you little, you know, cussing me out. Little motherfucker, come here. What you know about gators? I was like, I'm from Detroit. And then this other dude that was from Detroit, too, he mm-hmm. was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We That's what we do. And then he, like, kept riding me. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah. But it was that was cool because I left there and went to Moesha. Wow. And that's where all my friends were. Okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I met a lot of friends. I met Kobe Bryant there. Wow. Yeah. So you made do you did you make like because this industry is also I 
feel like this industry is weird because you make you don't really make friends in right. this game. Right. It's like once your season's done, the friendship time cards <laughs> up. Like, yeah, it's like everybody numbers change. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yo, we literally were in the trenches together for 10 years. Yeah. And now you don't take my calls. What the fuck? So it's like if the contracts don't merge together, then the friendship's over. It's really weird in it's, this game. It, it is really weird. And um, yeah, it was kind of like that. A little like that. Yeah. Brandy, she always speaks to me, though, mm-hmm. so that's cool. Uh, yeah. I don't see counters. Uh, I was a pallbearer for Lamont Bentley. That was like my first Hollywood friend. Okay, was okay. Lamont. And he was crazy as hell. But uh, that was my boy, though. And, um, yeah, so, and then Kobe was going with Brandy at mm-hmm. the time, remember? So that's when I met him. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And then later on in life, I met him again. I met the eight, Kobe eight and 24. Okay. Because, like, his wife was, you know, Mexican, or mm-hmm. is Mexican. And my girl at the time was Mexican, and they went to school together. Oh, okay. And we just randomly bumped into each other. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, that's, that's Kobe cool. Bryant. Hell, yeah. But I knew he wasn't going to know me, because that was, like, years later. Yeah. So, but yeah, we got cool. Like Kobe was my boy. Like he used to give me shit every time he saw me. He gave me something. It was crazy. Nice. So yeah. he he's definitely a nice personality behind the cameras. To me, he was. Yeah. I mean, you know, he liked the he was like acting yeah. because he knew nobody liked him really. Yeah. And he wanted to like leave L.A., but he just kept winning. Yeah. yeah. So he couldn't leave. You know. Oh damn! I didn't know that. Yeah. He he because he know nobody nobody liked him here. Like they just tolerated Kobe. If you ask me. You think so? Yeah, they could because the two first three rings they say that he wouldn't have them without Shaq. So that's the one major Damn, strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then he got rid of Shaq. Yeah. And and then he got caught into that case, and then once that case caught, it was kind of over. Yeah. They really didn't. Now they didn't have to like him. They yeah. Was like, yeah, fuck you, Kobe. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. But. Like, it's crazy because, like, you know, after his passing, it's like you can't go nowhere in L.A. without seeing a Kobe. Exactly. But that's how L.A. is. They, For everyone that doesn't live in L.A., that's how L.A. is. Hey, they only like you when you die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like you when you're winning. No, they don't like you when you're losing. No. They only like you after you die. They that only tell right. you how great you are when you can't hear it. That freaking sucks. That sucks. But that's all, that's all it is. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. 
Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. So
Um, so after you're doing your comedy thing, you're struggling to to at least make money, but you're making connects and your waves in the industry. Right. Okay. At what point in the industry do you feel like you got, okay, I'm really on to something? When they, they let me do Comic View um, out here. Like everything, okay, so a lot of things were going on mm-hmm. when I lived in New York and Detroit, but I didn't get none of those TV shows until I moved to L.A. Okay, okay. So it was like, so to me, it was the best thing I could have ever did. But none of those checks were like life-changing. They yeah. were just like for the moment, oh, I could pay my rent. Or I could, yeah. you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I can get caught up. I owe three months, so let me yeah. let me pay one and a half. But they were all like little things to get you to, to make sure your uh, confidence don't get shattered. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. It was like enough to keep you on on the path, but not fully quit. Exactly, like you know, to keep you interested. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there was a part. I mean, obviously, well, you and I go back to the Nick days, but I right. I talk to you about this all the time. Um, I was very young. I was like twenty two to however old, but I remember seeing grown ups like struggling. Yeah, like, and I'm a young person. I'm like. If y'all struggling, like... <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> but, bright future. Yeah, I was like, shit. You know, I'm I'm in my... I started getting my late 20s. I'm like, shit, I may have to book it soon because right. this ain't looking too promising if the 40 and 50-year-olds are in the closets. I mean, literally sleeping yeah. in the closets. Sleeping in closets. And living and, other and getting skinny. Closets. Yeah, and yeah. That, that was like, for me, it was like, yo, what are you in it for? And I started to come to the thing that, like, maybe some guys were in it for girls or status but it definitely wasn't about money and no. that's what i i kind of started to learn about the industry and i kind of was like well this this seems like more of a pimp game than a it is you know it's the biggest form of the pimp game and then it's more like for a comedian in la like the stage time is the money mm-hmm. it's not like the money you never see money like you like never see it mm-hmm. until you get a job yeah yeah until then, you have to go do extra work. You got to go to the piece. And then now you think you're kind of famous because mm-hmm. once you get popular, so you don't want a job. You don't want a real job. And that is the dilemma that I'm so confused about. Like, Man. would you ever want to get a real job after everything you've accomplished? You know or what? have you? No, I tried. I tried. Because I, I retired for eight years. So. Yeah, I remember that. So when I first, like, retired, like, three months later, it was like, okay, where's the money coming from? Yeah. Like, I ain't going on stage, so I don't want to go on the road. I don't want to. I don't want to read a script. I don't want to do none of that. So where does the money come in? So I, I kind of look for odd jobs and did construction for a second, and then I like start growing weed. Mm-hmm. You know. But before you got to the step away point, because I want to get there with you, um, and I think that is probably one of the parts that I'm most intrigued about because I think a lot of people, at least I don't know people from our circle mm-hmm. that have been like, F this, I'm not I'm not doing it anymore. Besides you right. and me. Because right. I took a 10-year, I think I took a 10-year leave before I came back to Eating While Broke and I was wow. like, oh shit, dust See, off this roller decks. Oh yeah, that. I took a 10-year leave. Well, that's why you look so good. No, <laughs> no, for real. Yeah. Because, you know, this, this city will beat you up. It, it will beat you up. But yeah. I definitely, I took a 10-year leave, but it was mainly because, you know, I saw people struggling for so many years, and it was men. Mm-hmm. That's It wasn't women. 
it was men with families. And I think that mm. to me was just every day going into the office and seeing that I was like, you know what? People arguing, having the worst attitudes. Oh, it was bad. Man, it was bad. It yeah. was bad. But yeah. And at that time, I was just making kids. I wasn't trying to be in no family. I was just mm-hmm. knocking oh, you were, girls up. You I were didn't care. A kid for you. Yeah. A kid for you. Hey, you Wh- smiled at me. You get pregnant. Yeah. yeah it was oh. beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, I didn't know that. Are yeah. you? How many kids you got? I got five all together. Okay. Well, yeah. you're not nowhere near as Nick's level of. No. He went down fast in a year or so. Wow. But I have theories about that. I do too. I have theories. I. I all right, because he was such a. A squeaky clean yeah. person when we knew him. Like, no drinking, no alcohol, no tattoos. I mean, of course, he got the Mariah tattoo. He smokes weed now. Yeah, he smokes weed. I heard he, he may drink a little wow. bit. Wow. I don't know. Now I could be spreading. Okay, I may be, I may be lying. I, I don't mean, know. I don't know. I mean, you I know, don't know. If you, but could, if you could have 20 kids in a month, let you me probably tell you, have to drink. I have a theory. We'll get to it. But uh, (laughs) I have a theory that I think happened because if you knew, you know, obviously the way we saw him, he was very squeaky clean. Yeah. So um, as far as that side of life. Right. You know. But he was hitting everybody. He was hitting. Yeah, he was always a whore. But I mean, you got to think when we were around him the most, he was married to Mariah. So during that phase, we didn't see that. Well, I knew him like before he even got anywhere near that. I, I knew him before, and he was right. he he got to. I remember there was a point where he was doing like AGT. He was married to Mariah, and there was like a call because I think he he smashed so many people, and right. I think he had to be on set with the Pussycat Doll girl, and he had smashed her too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. He done, it was like, what lady has he not smashed? Yeah, I heard that he was on a date with the Pussycat girl and saw Mariah, and was like, here, here's some cab money. It was in New York. Oh. Here's some cab money. I gotta go do something. Oh, okay. With, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that story, but yeah. I've always known that he was a a woman's like I don't I don't think a lot of women shit. There was points where I don't want to get say into it. Say it, say yeah. it, say it. <laughs> I remember it. there was a point when uh, I think Caleb got a couple calls because some of the chicks would show up to the studio. I swear to God, they yeah. would be wearing a paper thin dress and nothing under it. They was there. Trying to get on the show. They was trying to do something. Trying to get on the um, show. Shout out to Nick, though. Shout out to Nick. Um, So take me back. So you're you're riding the wave. You're starting to build up momentum. I think you came out here in the 90s, you said? I came out here in uh, 96. Okay. So So, so back to Nick Cannon. So then that's when I meet Nick. Mm -hmm. So we're still young. Like, okay, so I was like... Almost old enough to get in the club, and he was like not old enough at all. Yeah. So we would they would make us go to like the kitchen, stay away from the like alcohol, mm-hmm. couldn't be around alcohol. So it's like so that's how we came. We like got cool. Mm-hmm. We came, you know, like bond mm-hmm. like that. So it's like yeah, well if you get on, I'm gonna get on. If you get on, the, we did yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Damn near blood uh, sacrifice. Damn yeah, yeah. So it's like. So that's how we were still friends in mm-hmm. those times mm-hmm. when I met you, because it started from the beginning. And um, yeah, and so when I met Nick, we were both trying to like do something. And he was trying to, I was like, no, don't do extra work. You don't need to do that. Like, dude, you're going to be something. Like, trust me. Was this now prior to Drumline, huh? This is before Drumline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is before. He didn't have anything going. Yeah. He was yeah. just like, 
going to Soul Train. Yeah. And then if, if they don't, you know how oh, I used to do Soul Train. Yeah. Oh, man, a Soul Train hustle was real. Right. So, if you know, if they didn't yeah. pick you, then, you know, yep. you had some. So, if he didn't get picked, he would come to my house. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, that's okay. how we I didn't even got. know he did that hustle. Okay. Yeah. I think everybody had to do the Soul Train hustle yeah. when you first moved to I did it at first. I just never got picked. <laughs> no. Well, it's easier for the girls because the girls always got, you right. always had a place at Soul right. Train. Right. Ironically, when I did Celebrity High, Soul Train was the first person I pitched to partner up because they would have all that talent shoot over like two days. And right. I'd be like, yo, do the talent for my mag. But I was so young. They were like, kid. Get out of here. Get bed. the fuck out. They were like, yes, you want it's some cute. But... Church's chicken. <laughs> just shake your butt. Chicken. Just just when the camera hits, just right. shake your butt. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We don't care about anything else. Shamar was over there kissing every uh yeah. person he could see. Yeah. That's what Shamar does. It's just like a human whore. <laughs> <laughs> they can't control each other. They can't. Uh I definitely itself. received the kiss from Shamar at one point in my life and it was like Dude's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be interested. No. No. More. Sorry, guy. Sorry. <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily, I think he settled down. Well, hopefully he has. Hopefully. If not, I mean, the looks I guess on him, they they definitely have a very, you know. Yeah, so, that's crazy. Yeah. So, so look, so I so I started kind of coaching Nick mm-hmm. on how to do comedy. He wanted to do comedy. His his first manager name was Sam and he was from Detroit too. Arabic oh, okay. guy. Yeah. So that's how I met Nick through mm-hmm. his first manager. So, but anyway, long story short, we um, and he wasn't writing for Nickelodeon at the time. Either. No, he wasn't doing oh, any so of that. You, okay, okay. So he was, you you catch him right out. So that's why yeah. you guys were so close. Okay. Yeah. So and then eventually he started getting gigs, and I would ride with him mm-hmm. and just be with him. That, you know, that's my brother. Mm-hmm. So you know, and then from that went to me doing more stand up, mm-hmm. and then I had a group. Uh, called the other level when we came out here, three of us all from Detroit, mm-hmm. and we were doing like wilding out on stage. Mm-hmm. That was like the beginning of wilding out. Mm-hmm. So then Nick got a deal, uh, and hired me. Okay, so now were you? Did you know Nile at the time too? Well, when or I did met you guys Niall, meet Nile later? <laughs> much later for me. Uh, I don't know. How, I don't even know how long Nick knew Niles, but I met Niles like when we started production. Okay, That's when okay. I met Niles. Yeah. But you know, Niles been there from day one too. Like, yeah. He was yeah. the first uh, head writer, and now he's CEO. How about that? He's the CEO now. Yeah. Get he's the CEO fuck now. out! Yeah. What? It's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. CEO. What? I know he was. I'm, I'm not sure about what? today, but wilding out. He's like the head guy wilding out. Him, him, and uh, Goldman. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. Crazy. I didn't Crazy. know that. You, you know, know, he came up. He came up. Okay. Yeah, because he was on here, and he he did share that when Nick got his uh, record deal, you know, mm. uh, he was, like, the road manager for him yeah, for a while. Yeah, yeah. So Niles been down forever. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, me and Nick kind of, okay, so before he became Nick Cannon, mm-hmm. and then when he became Nick Cannon, mm-hmm. I saw him again. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, where you been? Yeah, yeah. you need some money? Yeah. 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 Great. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, I want to give you a job, man. Come on, just hang with me. And so, but I was on the road a lot at that time. Mm-hmm. So I was seeing when I seen him. But then when he got wilding out, it was yeah. history. That so, was it. You know, but you know, my other three partners were kind of mad about that because they felt like they should have been on the show. But okay. They never were though. Okay. Yeah. 
So that made it look like he kind of stole the show. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And Nick knew everybody. Too. Yeah, he yeah. Knew, he knew all of us. We were called the other level. You can Google it. We had we had deals with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, connects to Nick again. So you guys were doing the improv show, and then right, we would like do skits, we do improv, and then we would rap, and then we would sing a song. So don't that sound like yeah, Wildin' Out? A little that bit? is exactly what Wildin' Out sounds like. Thank you. So then he recruited you. Right, because I was the leader of the group yeah. and his friend. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then, so he ends up getting a show deal. He puts you on the show. Right. Of course, you're friends, so you're like, whatever, no need to. Well, I had to take care of them for a while. Who, so, the three other guys? Yeah, because we were all in L.A. starving. Yeah. And now yeah. our show has been done. It's, our show is happening, and I'm the only one on it. So I had to kind of. Yeah, you know, yeah, to keep the peace. Yeah. That and then there's family too, so yeah. you know I, I would have did it. Do you think you know? Nick felt some type of way about it, or he, well, he wasn't friends with them, so probably. Yeah, he was friends with them, but I think Nick tried to just forget that. Yeah, like it's already moving. The train is already moving. So, yeah, you know, let's not forget what we left behind. Let's just keep going forward. Yeah, you yeah. know, that's the Hollywood yeah. talk. But uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So, but you know, and, and it's not to down Nick or nothing. No. I'm just telling you history. You know, yeah. like, and if you ask him, if he don't say something close to this, he's lying. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, it's. But you can true. see yeah, it yeah, as yeah. I'm saying it. Yeah, I mean, the way you say it. Yeah, yeah I mean, course. I only can say it how it happened. So then, all right. So then, the show gets picked up. Right. You're on the show. Your popularity and your money starts to rise. Right. Okay. Well, first, first, here's another reason why I know that they knew they got the show for me. Mm-hmm. I was the first one to get fired before the show even aired. Before we could take one episode, they fired me. Why? Because they said I was too in charge. They said I knew I would come out more. You know how everybody got to yeah. come out. It was like, well, he's taking charge of everything because it was my show. Yeah. So you were. Yeah, so and it's your show. You have an opinion, more input, and you're more passionate about. Right, but and but anything, if anything, I was trying to like show them, like, no, yeah. man, don't waste your time doing it this way. Let's do it this, this way, way, and okay. then it'd be faster, it'd be funnier. Da, 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 da. So they fired you, but how'd you get back? Because I decided that they're not about to do my show without me. So I went back to the studio, and Chris Spencer, child Chris Spencer, uh, he seen me in the lobby and was like. Why haven't you been here? And I was like, they fired me. And he was like, what? So he went and got Nick. And Nick was like, man, you're not fired. Okay. Well, come on, okay. man. Suit up. Okay. Okay. So I remember, so that was around 2005. Nick was very young then. He wasn't yeah. the man he is today. Cause no. And I Mac used Hodges, to- I'm sorry. I have to... Mac, Mac Hodges, by the way, who I recently got to. married. Shout yeah, out to shout him. Shout out to Mac, man. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, I bumped into Mac probably a couple years ago in downtown LA randomly one night. But um, shout out to Mac. Yeah, um, shout so out to Mac. Mac. He Mac was there. Was there. He, he was, was there. there. I think he, he exited maybe five years ago or six years ago, maybe. Somewhere mm. around there. But um, back then... I don't think Nick had the power to really fire. Like nowadays, if you get fired, you'd be like, "Nah, Nick pulled that trigger." Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? he Nick won't smile. It. He may follow a smile on your face, but he pulled that trigger. Oh yeah, he <laughs> definitely pulled it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, know what I'm saying? you get fired. Yeah. One of those. Okay, man. I see you around. Time's out. <laughs> That's Damn, it. Damn, Nick. Yeah, and and even if you're questioning it, 
Nah, don't question it. That don't question it. it. Don't All you got to do is think about it. Think I, about I, it. I know, I know you hear what I'm saying. You were there. <laughs> so I know you hear me. Yeah. So, so if you ever thought about, why is this little guy so angry? That's what I used to be mad about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, man, these niggas just took the shit right in front of me. Okay, so you get brought back in. Right. So, so you're taping. You're one of the originals, okay? Right. Um. So your career starts to take off, take off even more. I'm sure your rate for comedy goes up, right? Definitely. And now you're making art. Would you say real checks? I would say, oh, the wild and all checks. Mm-hmm. Pfft, stupid. We were those first like eight seasons. Well, okay, the, all of the seasons until he got married, and then we broke off for like four years. Mm-hmm. We didn't do a show, so that was then when we came back. That was MTV too. So all of the original MTV shows, we were getting money. Okay, and were you I, blowing it or were you budgeting it? I was uh I had like two or three families at the time. So I was oh, like, shit. you know, I stayed broke. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Cause, you know, I got a couple baby mamas and uh, uh-huh. possible and uh, you know. <laughs> What'd you say? Impossible? And I said, yeah, a possible. Cause it oh, was okay. one baby that I wasn't sure it was mine, but I okay. still kinda liked the girl. So uh-huh. I was and then it finally, it wasn't mine. So, oh, you know, okay. stuff like that. A lot of girls uh, say they have babies by me, but they won't take the test for some reason. Well, that's, yeah, well, if you can't take the test, then. Yeah, you can't take the test, then. Yeah, yeah. No child support for you. Yeah. So are you on child support? I pay child support for my son, Carlos, uh, who's a Japanese guy with a Mexican name. How about that? Okay, okay. Yeah. So you got to... Okay. He's, uh, what, 16 now, so I won't be out okay. for a while. But the rest of them, they didn't put you on or no? No, they, you Okay, know, they cool. I always had LLCs and companies, so I would hide my money through that. Okay. Should I say that? You shouldn't say that. <laughs> you should not say that. Pray to Jesus that none of these women listen to this show. <laughs> I'll just try to be real. I'll just try to be no, real. No, I love it. I love it. But, like, I'm pretty sure there's some dude listening out there like, like oh. uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. My son Where'd asked me, she said, well, well, Bob been trying to put you on child support forever. Why can't she do it? I was like, because I, I hide my money in companies. You're hilarious. And he was like. You gonna show me how to do that? I was like, sure. You're That's my son. funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure there is a guy somewhere out there like checkmate. Yeah, yeah. Checkmate. Get LLC and get a business account. When you get a business account, then you. Yeah, yeah, that, right? yeah okay. you can say that. So, yeah. But don't do it to avoid. Uh, uh, no, no, no. You know, baby mamas. That. But definitely uh, do it to even protect yourself. You got to protect you yourself. You got to protect fellas. yourself. I tell people all the time if you're even a creator, no check should ever be written directly to you. No. Ever. And you know, that's the biggest mistake in black Hollywood. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have one. It's so bad. It don't matter. Yeah, just write me the check. Write me the check. I signed it right here. Yep. Give me the check right now. And then you get, and the crazy thing is, like, the other thing, every time you fill out a W-9 and someone's paying you guys, and it's $200, it doesn't matter how much it is. Think about it. You're signing a W-9, you're going to get taxed. Taxed. And if you're getting that check written directly to you, you're going to pay double the tax than you would as a corporation. I swear to God. So So you got to get incorporated, man. Immediately. Immediately. Make sure those checks are not written to you. I don't care if you got to tell them delayed payment. Do not get that check written to you. Right. 
I, I can't tell you how many times I've taught this lesson and <laughs> nobody people won't take it. They don't take Even it. Even my own crew, Katie and Jared, I done told y'all to get a corporation. Shout outs to y'all. Shout out to y'all. Get a corporation. I preach it all day to be like, you know what? This year will be the year. And they never do it. No. The they day have they, to do the it. The day I send the money to a corporation will be the proudest day of my life. <laughs> but right yeah, now, they're going to pay double the tax. <laughs> got to get that. Gotta they got to get, get that. that. So that's what I've been doing for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it worked for me. Okay. I can't say that I, I made that much money yeah, to hide, but, but yeah. I was starving. You know how this yeah. shit goes. So. so cool. You were breaking off these other guys. Your career's taking off. Um, uh, your career's taking off. Everything's yeah. going on. Um, I'm on TV every day. Okay. Now, do you start to pick up vices? Uh, what you mean, like cocaine and stuff Co- like that? Uh, well, I, yeah. I I'm like, trying to, can you I get, say something? Yeah. I used to, it was like. Okay, here's the thing about me and drugs. Mm-hmm. I like I like drugs. Mm-hmm. Can I say that? You can always say that. You I, can I speak love, your truth. I love drugs. Okay. I love them. Mm-hmm. I mean, mushrooms, I still take them. Okay. I think I'm still probably high right now with mushrooms. Okay. Uh, cocaine, I can't do as much because a lot of people died of cocaine. But it was a point where I used to like it. Mm-hmm. Not cook it or nothing. Just mm-hmm. soft. Just sniff yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Pills. I went through a pill phase, but it wasn't fun. I like cocaine. Okay, but but we, I don't like it now. I can't do it now. Oh, you don't. Okay. No, no, no. So what? Too many people died. Did you know people that died? Yeah, from Teddy Bray. Uh, okay. okay. Probably can't say that. Well, but yeah. comedians, mm-hmm. comedians. I don't want to name any names. I don't want to yeah. slander anybody. Uh, I think this is what I personally think. I think cocaine mixed with the uh, shock, mm-hmm. you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Well, okay, so the reason why I brought that up is because I feel like, you know, the devil works in mysterious ways, whether yes, it's girls, does. drugs, or whatever. And right. I, I had to bring that up because, like I said, there was a point where I knew men in the industry that were broke, and I started to get to this point where it's like, if you're broke, then there's got to be another vice that you're getting some right. level of achievement from to stay right. in the game. Yeah. I mean, being around Motivation. Nick. Yeah, being around Nick, it was definitely, you hang with Nick, you're going to get free punani. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hanging around Nick, you're going to get free status. But, you know, even with that, you had to still be smart enough to figure out how to make money off right. of it. Right, because it, that was like before clout. Yeah. So it wasn't like we were getting Instagram fans off yeah. of it. It was just more we had to learn how to Make money from it. Yeah. That was very hard. It's very hard to make money off, off someone cloud, else. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and someone else. Like, yeah, if you're a hustler, you could pull it off. But I still, mean, you yeah. can, but it just depends on the level of life and thinking yeah. you are. Because, but there were guys working for free for years, and I felt like what? they were they must been doing it for clout because there was no. When I say I was like, it doesn't even make logical sense. It does. You know, people it, were sleeping in their cars. It was from scary it. as. To me, there's nothing more scary than seeing like older people broke around you. You'd be like, is this my that's thing? Like coming from New York, you see homeless people and be like, my parents would be like, that person tried a cigarette. You'd be like, well, I'll never try a cigarette. Right, that's the right. time. But it. being in the game and seeing like a bunch of broke people around a one rich person, it's like, okay, something's not adding up. Right. And and then here's this too, like to be the only person with a sandwich and it's all these hungry motherfuckers around you. Yeah. Like, why don't we kill him? <laughs>
AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, 
a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like, it's like a, a rule, like, don't kill the person with the sandwich. It was. It's going to give you a piece. Don't but worry. Just have faith. I've no, heard I stories about people begging the person with a sandwich. Oh, yeah. And they'll do it. The the response wasn't really nice. Oh, my God. It was terrible. Man, being in Hollywood for all this time, uh, all these years, when I retired, the first thing people, I'll notice people would say to me, it was like, man, you are so stern, man. You are so mean. Like, because I was so used to hearing no all the time mm-hmm. that I had, like, got immune to it. Like, no, that ain't shit. Like, whatever. No. Yeah. I'm waiting for the yes. But so people aren't used to that. I mean, yeah. but I don't, we don't know that because we, like, in this life. Yeah. But we don't get, like, the other side of life until we go over there. And it's like, what? Like, people here know and cry and go yeah. to the hospital, have a heart attack, yeah. a seizure. I'll be like, like huh? yes, another no. We're one step closer to a yes. <laughs> right, Let's right. get 30 more. <laughs> right. Like, come on. It's yeah, I'll hang up the phone and try again. <laughs> right. I'm telling you, like, no to me is like, I don't know, maybe. So, almost. You, so you're enjoying your ride and you're doing well. You have a couple little families. Um, but at some point, you decide... I'm punching out. You what was what? that point? The point, well, one of them was I went to this audition and it was an Ice Cube movie. Uh it was called uh Lottery Ticket. Mm-hmm. And in the in the breakdown it had what for one of the characters a Spanky Hayes type. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well shit, that's me. Yeah. Everyone's calling me, every agency calling me. It's all about this one movie. So I go there. I read for about 20 times, literally, in front of Ice Cube, in front of O'Shea, his son, in front of his other son, in front of his wife, in front of this producer, in front of that producer. I'm going to Detroit and see Ice Cube and two of his sons on the same plane as me. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at him like, huh, hello. I'm already on TV every day, man. man. Come on. So, make a long story short, one day I went and read, and the lady said, you didn't read it like you would normally read it. I was like... Well, I did this like 30 times. Mm. Like, how many times do you want me to read it? And I was like, and it says in the breakdowns, a Spanky Hayes type. She said, well, we don't really want Spanky Hayes. We, uh, so I was like, huh? Mm-hmm. So I was like, so you'd rather have a Spanky Hayes type than but a real, real Spanky, Spanky Hayes? Hayes? Yeah. So they wanted like some kind of stereotypical 
version of you. Yeah, so I just kind of kicked all the computers down in the room and knocked all the shit down. And no just way. Just kind of, yeah, it's kind of. Were you high or something? Or no, I was just. You were just pissed. I've never heard a person say, we want someone just like you, but not but you. But not you. I was like, what? Jeez. That was crazy. So to me. you lost it. Totally lost it. And was I the didn't woman terrified? <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was. <laughs> I probably was blackballed after that, but uh, oh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't feel better about that until I watched Straight Outta Compton and saw Ice Cube go in the room. Let me tell you something. My favorite scene in Straight Outta Compton was the scene when he took a bat to everything, right. and it was mainly because when we had the Celebrity High days, I had all these sponsors, and they would take forever to pay. There were some months where I'd be like Nick. Yeah. I hate to come to you, but man, I, yeah. I can't afford my rent this month. Like, I got money owed. I just don't know when it's coming. And I was always in that position of like, I want to go up to this person's office and be like, motherfucker, you will yeah, kill my on, company. Give me my fucking money. Give me my money. So that was like literally my favorite scene. But yes. Okay. So you saw that scene and then you- I felt, felt better. Okay. I was like, okay. But do you think that was a real real thing that happened? I Well, it, it happened to, to me. So yeah. I think I can see. <laughs> so <laughs> I can see how that was it happened. when you you decided, okay, I'm checking out, or slash, you may have gotten blackballed. I was thinking maybe, uh, but see, on, see, did you I try felt, to apologize afterwards? No, I never okay. reached back out to him. Uh, only reason why I even wanted to watch the film is to see who they picked instead of me. Okay, and who did they pick? The, I don't even know the guy, but he's the guy. Remember, he was like the Debo guy, the guy who okay, kept okay. taking yeah, the yeah. Uh, tickets. Yeah, away. yeah. So I was reading for that part. Okay, okay. And they kept saying, "Well, you're too funny." And what? This is a comedy. That's crazy. It, it was crazy. But I could see that being like a trigger. Like you, you want someone like me, but not me. Like, yeah, like come on, F you. I'm, yeah, I'm about to break all this shit in. <laughs> So it's like you know, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall to see yeah. that shit. You, you know who was there? Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so remember in Destiny's Child, it was, it was first of all, it was four different ones. It was, it was the, it was Kelly, it was Beyonce, and it was two other ones, yeah, a shorter like one, Latavia, and some other else, and then the other one who became an actress, uh, Latoya or something. She. Was okay. So when I walked out the door, uh-huh. she was sitting right there <laughs> <laughs> for real. I said, "Oh, I like your shit, man." She was like, "Whoa!" She looked at me like, "Wow, you're a trip!" Like so, yeah. So at, so at that point, um, I was mad about that. I then so I was like, I don't want to really do this no more. Mm-hmm. So then I went on a road a couple times and I didn't really feel it. So I didn't really do as good as I normally do. So I start, so it start kind of, you know, mm-hmm. and then Nick Cannon brought it uh while and now back. So I went, that's when it was in New York mm-hmm. and the checks were less than half of what they used. Okay. So I was like, hmm. so all of these signs is like, yeah. Man, quit this shit, man. Do something else. Like, yeah. I was already famous. I already yeah. been famous for years. It was kind of my turn to kind of break off from them anyway and do my own thing. I just didn't really know. And they weren't really giving, like, jobs at yeah. that time a lot. So, boom. So, I got a I got a podcast right after that. I was one of kind of, like, the first people to get a podcast. Okay. It was called The Spanky Hayes Show. Mm-hmm. And um, one day I had asked, uh, well... We were all asking each other questions because I kept it open. And uh, somebody asked me, who do you think is gay in Hollywood? And I was like, hmm. 
I threw mm-hmm. the question back. Who you think is gay? Who you think is gay? Okay. So it was my turn again, and I just said, Tyrese. Okay. <laughs> and uh, if you didn't know this, Tyrese did, like, me and him were, like, beefed out. Like, oh, I did not know. Yeah, like. That shit's hilarious. <laughs> <right? though. laughs> so, so you don't remember when Tyrese did the video with the coat on, and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was about me. Oh, my goodness. Because I said he was gay, and then mm-hmm. he heard that I said that, and. He did a video, and then I did another video, and I went that's on TMZ. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's so, really funny. So that kind of solidified yeah. the black ball with black people because, mm-hmm. first of all, I'm making trouble, and now I'm yeah. calling people gay. So, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they everybody... But luckily, it was long before the, you know, the the... Right now. Right. No, it wasn't. Right right now. But, but, I, think, yes. but I think I kind of started the short the wick pre, of it. The, yeah. Oh, don't tell me you're the creator. I think the I am. The possible creator of cancel culture when I it comes to LGBTQ. I want to say I was one of the first people. Like, yeah. Like, let's rally a group of letters. Right. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. My cousin is gay. I have a couple gay uh, friends, a lot of gay mm-hmm. friends, actually. You know, I, I yeah, was yeah. raised in Hollywood. Yeah. So... People know that I wasn't gay bashing. No, it so was a like, simple. Yeah, it was yeah. just me calling somebody else. Yeah, yeah. But he got so mad about it that uh, we beefed out for a little while. So that helped me retire. Okay, okay. Because I was like, okay, so at least I'm on a high note. I'm still on yeah, TMZ yeah. and I'm still doing this, but I don't want to do this no more. Yeah. So, and then I got a family, which I love so much my wife is uh my beautiful wife uh, i don't know what i would do without her she kind of she saved me from hollywood she like literally saved me like no bullshit what do you mean by that because okay well of course she knew who i was yeah, yeah. when when we met but i would tell her like look call me carlos that's my real name yeah you know, yeah. You know that i know that look, so call me carlos don't call me spanky like don't i'm not spanky mm-hmm. i am spanky but don't, call, yeah, yeah. Just call me Carlos. And it's like, I was like teaching her like the real me. I'm, I was like, look, if I wouldn't have left Hollywood or and or met you, that I would still be there. And I wouldn't, I would be nothing. I would be like a junkie. Did, one way or the other. Wow. That's a deep statement. Yeah, because Hollywood is a fix. It's, it's not real. Yeah. It's like a fix. It's like... A big ass check you get one time in your life, and you keep trying to do the same thing to get another check like that. To get another hit, it's almost exactly. like chasing a high. Exactly that. Okay. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And then the more people see you, especially like when we were coming up, like nineties, early two thousands, it was a lot different. Like appearances meant they meant more. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like back in those days. So well, it's like now pre, it's pre like Instagram nothing. era. Right. Well, I feel like it's funny because now that we have Instagram, like in the era that we came from, it was definitely more celebrity driven. I think definitely. Instagram came out in 2000 and around 2012 to 15 or something okay, like that. Okay, damn. I was going to say like three, but. Okay. No, it wasn't then three. No, it definitely it wasn't. wasn't. No, three. that was Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Was Facebook, Facebook right. or, or MySpace. Right. MySpace. Remember, it was MySpace. Right. Facebook came out you later. You remember we used to hang out with Tom from MySpace? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I tell people that all the time. But but. Now we're in the era where Instagram is, and I I fear for the world we live in now in the sense of like people that aren't even celebrities are are chasing highs from likes can and I, follows. Can I say this? I fucking hate Instagram talent. Yeah. I'm not into it. Uh, they're not funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just stay on the phone all day. If it was that simple when I was coming up, I would be a gazillionaire. Yeah, yeah. So I just feel like. 
that that Instagram non-talent stuff took away the struggle of it, like the getting to know people and mm-hmm. sleeping on people's couches. Cause, cause like at the end of the day, it's not about talent. And that's another thing that broke my heart when I found out. It wasn't about how funny I was, and it wasn't about how many times I was funny. Because you know, in LA, you got they judge you. Like, yeah, yeah. I seen you be funny like thirty times. You know, they mm-hmm. judge you. They say shit like that. So, but once I found out it wasn't about that, it's about relationships. It's like Hollywood you is hit about it on, relationships. You hit the. I think and keyword Hollywood because I I will say I don't know how New York is because I I haven't really moved in the industry out there, but I will say LA. It's all relationships. It's all relationships. It's just it's just like when you get something, you're a producer, you stuck to it. Now you're your own whatever, the biggest show out. And then you see me, hey, what's up? Yeah. That's how you get jobs. Yeah, but you want to know something that's tricky about the relationships in Hollywood, and, and this is kind of what I was touching on earlier. It's very, like, fluid. There's no deep connection. I Never. mean, we have... I mean, there's few, like, even from Incredible, I walked away with deep connections, but the people that I were even closer to, I didn't walk away with that deep connection from them. And you're like, wait, I saw you every day for 10 years, like, you know? Right. But, I mean, there's a, a, like, a secret respect, I guess you'd say. Like, you know, honorary respect. I would say that. But... Even Nick, Nick can't get your ass on our show, but, like, Get your ass on the show, Get your ass on the show. But, like, the truth in the matter is, is, like, it's that honorary respect. It's like, yeah, you'll see the call. Maybe you'll respond. But it's like, if I'm not hot or we're not doing something together, there's exactly. no co-ownership, then, right. you know, well, maybe I we'll can't. pass to whatever's more convenient. But right. I definitely hate that about Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood is, uh, they only hire the green. Like, people who don't know that they're being took. Yeah. I, I liked what Orlando had said. He was like, the, you got to look at Hollywood like a job. You're there to do your job. And when there's no job, you can't go to work. That's it. And that's how he said it. And I think that that was the best way to deal with it. But I think people coming into the game don't quite get that. They don't get it. And here's another thing they don't get. Like, they, you're emulating. You're not. That's None of the stuff that they do is original. Mm-hmm. On TikTok, you could have, you could put up a video and with your voice. And I could use your voice on my video. Mm-hmm. So that means you don't even have to use your own yeah, voice. Yeah. I can get more hits than you. So that's crazy. Like, that's absurd. Like, I don't even... And then they don't even know where they got the material from. They just doing it. I get uh, publicity requests all the time for Eating While Broke, and the email will say, this person has 15 million TikTok followers and is about to release the EP. And I'm like, wait, but it's TikTok, where people are infamously, like, just voiceovers. (laughs) Right. Come on, you're not famous, man. But... you know, eyeballs equal dollars or what have you. But I definitely think that the industry has become diluted. But you're back in the game. Yes. So now that you're back, I want to know what made you come back. And I want to know what you got coming up. Well, I came back because I was going crazy mm-hmm. trying to be normal. Really? Yeah, I couldn't. I wanted to be a normal guy. And the more I was getting into it. Oh, man, that's not the life for me. Do you think it's because Hollywood kind of got you in the habit, and this is the devil's advocate of chasing the high? I'm definitely, I was chasing the high. Because normal life doesn't get that many highs. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't even know I was chasing it, and mm -hmm. I was chasing it. So it was crazy, because I'm still, like, famous. And by the way, guys, 
famous ain't shit. If being famous is nothing, they yeah. either gonna give you money or they're gonna give you fame. If they give you money, that comes with a job. If they give you fame, then that's just the fame is gonna wear off before you spend your money. And it doesn't even equal money. Fame doesn't equal never. money. Never. It never and it's never both of those. Like in today's age, it's a little bit more than in the beginning of the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, like Kevin Hart is definitely rich and famous. Nick Cannon mm-hmm. is rich and famous. Uh, Dave Chappelle is rich and famous. Uh, who else? Yeah, I will say this, though. I feel like there is a... And boy, this is probably going to get me. But I do feel like even with the people you named, there was definitely a lot of white yeah, backing oh, it's and all playing white ball. And that's kind of what kind of led me to my theory about Nick a little bit was mm. like there's a lot of power plays behind those big people. Granted, Nick definitely plays chess, not checkers. That yeah. dude, he could teach a, a master course of how to move in a room full of vultures. I think so. Like Jay-Z, you know. But but, but he became a vulture. He, that's he, that's he, what Nick is now. He's the th- vulture. I don't know. I mean, in a good way. I'm yeah. not saying nothing bad. No, that's my brother. I, but I, I'm saying he's adapted to yeah. the sharks. Well, yeah, I, it turned him to a shark. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think maybe he was always a shark. He was always a shark. He was always. But he a shark. was a little shark. I would say this. I'll say this. One thing I, I learned about Nick, and I, I try to tell people is like, Nick's watching you before you even know he's looking. Oh yeah. Like you know, he'll read yeah. you, but you think he didn't even see you in the corner of the room. He saw oh, you. Yeah, he saw hours ago. Everything. You know, and, and he's I, listening. He's listening to everything. He is. And, uh, and uh, that's one thing. And then I think, you know, and I think it's dangerous in this industry is ego. I always tell people, man, you got beef. Don't put it on no email, CNCing people. Don't put it in a group yeah, text. Do don't even tell nobody. Just go direct to source because. That's it. Or it's going to be all over the place. It's going to be over. It's blown yeah. out of proportion. But listen, back to the internet comedians. Uh, you know, I feel like the reason why I don't like them is because. It took a lot of my confidence and a lot of, not my confidence, but my uh, structure and my blueprint to mm-hmm. comedy. Like, I was, I did comedy, like, fearless. Mm-hmm. There's only a few people like me, uh, uh, I would say. I got some of it from T.K. Kirkland, and mm-hmm. you know, but in my own version yeah. of it. And then I would say something like, uh, Corey Holcomb is kind of, Ballsy yeah, like yeah. that in a sense, but but he went further because I wasn't there anymore. Yeah, yeah, nobody was there anymore, so it was nobody calling people out. It was nobody being real, and that's what it is now. They took that. I feel like I'm like Little Wayne, like because like all the comedians now are like my sons. They mm-hmm. took all stuff from me, and they don't yeah. even know who their daddy is. They don't even care who their daddy is. You're hilarious. But, I think in some retrospects they know. And maybe that's way, their way of, you know, paying homage to some Yeah, but that don't degree. pay homage to me. I go back to what we said earlier. Like, you know, it's like they don't give you no props until you're dead. Like, nobody's yeah. ever going to say this. I'm like, I'm going to sound crazy. When they when you show this, they can be like, oh, he's so arrogant and all that. But watch. When I die, they're going to say, oh, well, he's the yep, one yep. who started Wilding Out. He's the one who's, yeah, come on, man. Give me my flowers now, man. Speaking That's of all. flowers, let's talk about what you got coming up. Okay. The Comeback Kid. The Comeback Kid. I got a movie called Back on the Strip that comes out August 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember everybody. It has Wesley Snipes, mm-hmm. Tiffany Haddish. Ooh. 
uh, Bill Bellamy, mm-hmm. who's one of my favorite guys, uh, Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. Gary Owens, Faison Love. Mm-hmm. These are a lot of heavy hitters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I said Tiffany. Uh, and the guy, he's going to kill me. His name is Spencer Moore. Mm-hmm. But Spencer Moore played the kid in Creed Three. So okay. when the kid went to jail, yeah. it was the guy who went to jail. He's like the star of it. Okay. So And it's uh, directed by Chris Spencer. Oh, shit. Chris yeah. Spencer's back. Yeah. I've been trying to get Chris Spencer on the show. We need oh, to- I can, mm-hmm. I'll help you. I'll help and you. then um, are you doing are you doing the... Um, I know Chris Spencer has that show up in Inglewood. What's it called? Are you doing those shows anymore? Oh, yeah. The uh, back... So, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I haven't done it yet, okay. but uh, so how'd you end up getting like from being in retirement? Did you get a phone call like, "Hey, man, we put that jersey back on. We need sorta." Okay. I was uh, oh, this is crazy. So me and my family, mm-hmm. uh, we went. And by the way, I love my family. Hello, family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife. I got a daughter named Jedi, daughter named Lily, and a son named Kobe. Okay. So we Kobe wasn't born yet, man. So I was deciding to move back to Detroit because I wanted to move back see my mom and yeah. stuff, right? So it wasn't really going as well as I wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like in an Airbnb, and um, Chris just calls me out the blue. Wow. I said, what you doing? That. Where you at right now? I said, I'm in Detroit. Said, come to Vegas. I was like, what you mean come to Vegas? And he was like, I got a movie role for you. Like, what? Like, come on, man. Quit playing. He was like, no, I'm serious. He was like, only thing you got to get tested, make sure you don't got COVID before you can get on the plane. So, okay. I was like, okay. I could do that, and uh, they play. They paid for my plane, and I paid for my wife and yeah. daughter's plane, and um, now we're back on the West Coast. Wow, that's crazy. That's beautiful. And that was like a year ago. That's amazing. But yeah. So, so now you back. I'm back now. I got other movies coming out on Tubi and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but you know I don't count Tubi. Uh, Tubi actors, you are not a real actor. <laughs> don't say that. If you don't get checks from SAG. You're not real. Wait, Tubi uh, doesn't get uh, checks from... No, that's like bootleg shot. I mean, nothing against them. Yeah, yeah. Because I've done some Tubi movies, but... But does Tubi pay decent? Tubi is kind of like a gig, like like a contractor. You get okay. as much money as you negotiate. But it's not SAG. And it's right there. You get it right now. No, it's not, not SAG. Okay. Well, not at all. I'll tell no, you this. Non-union. On behalf of everybody... I'm going to give you your flowers here. Thank I you. I really appreciate you coming out. And Aww. trust me, I was, look, I was so like excited. I was like, Spanky, I'm going to remind you. And I did. Good morning, Spanky. Don't forget. I'll see you today. I'm going to see you in a couple of days. Oh, don't forget. I cannot forget this. Mm-hmm. I'm shooting a Netflix special mm-hmm. September 11th. <gasps> right. So, That's the biggest news of it all. So you know it's gonna be the bomb. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. You're be the shooting bomb. it September 11th. You haven't yeah. shot it yet. No, I'm Holy shooting it at shit. the comedy store on Sunset. Uh, that's home turf. So get the freak out. Yeah. So now that you're, damn, you came back swinging. Man, I'm trying. I freaking I'm love trying. it. Now, guys, now I'm in debate. Should we be dropping this? <laughs> yeah, definitely dropping. On the 18th of September 11th. Oh, dropping 18. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wesley. We go. We go. We go with you, but. Damn, that's great news. Thank you. Oh, shit. Thank High you. five. Yeah, you I'm know, happy for you. You know how long it took for us to get here, man. You yeah. know, the struggles and still smiling. That's me. How'd you pull the Netflix? You, did they call you? Or? Now, this is a cra- another crazy story. Yeah. So I go in and um, I go in the comedy store. I see Kanye. And, you mm-hmm. know, Kanye has been 
down with us a long time. Who? You know, Kanye West. That's who I thought you said. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he, go he was on, on Wildin' Out like a million times yeah, in the beginning. Down with you mean you, Nick, and oh yeah, guys yeah, yeah, down with us. Not yeah, me, yeah. unfortunately. Okay, sorry. Well, you know, Kanye, my uh-huh. man, though. That's my man. Okay, so um. I seen Kanye walking in. I'm like, oh, shit, what's up? Then mm-hmm. we start talking. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? And then I see Dave. And then he walks away. He's like, oh, you next. And I'm like, huh? And then he, like, walks out. And all this shit is happening at one time. And then the next thing you know, I'm on stage, like, tearing their ass up. and At the comedy store? Yeah. And okay. They, and I, I got the only, I got another stand ovation. That's crazy. But I was the only one of that night to get a stand oh, ovation. Shit. And I was like. The last, I think only two more people went after. Yeah, yeah. So I was like way at the end of the night. Okay. So it was like, yeah, you, you're it. So. So, yeah. but wait, where was? How was Netflix? How did the Netflix? Well, it was a Netflix showcase. Oh, it was a Netflix showcase. Yeah, yeah. Dave Chappelle had is doing like a Dave Chappelle presents. Oh, it was it like how he did? I think he did that with Earthquake, right? Right, but I, I mm-hmm. think it's kind of more. I think it's like more like Def Jam. Okay. Okay. Cool. Than what he's doing now. Okay. Yeah. Hell well, yeah, yeah. Let's get it. When Kanye was there. And Kanye get was right the there, there. And he was we took a whole bunch of pictures and I got viral real fast. Hell yeah. It's crazy. Yo, you know. It's crazy. I think this time around you you feel well, obviously you've matured in your experience. You you've definitely taken it in and yeah. you know, yeah. let it sit within you. I feel like the second time around is gonna be a truly beautiful experience. Man, me too. But I'm going to tell you why. Is, is because I already did it for me. So it was like, I already had my fun. Yeah. So I have to feed my children that I see every day, mm-hmm. my beautiful girls and my son and my wife. Like, I'm doing it for them. So mm-hmm. the world is in trouble because yeah. now I don't have to worry about what people think about me and I don't care about that no more. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get these checks. So Are you at all nervous about, like, the temptations or anything, or what's your plan? Because I feel like the temptations can be there. Like, do yeah. you have a plan for that? No, I'm I'm a, I'm so like in love with my family that I feel some, like every some time some I talk to you, say that, uh, you know what I mean, I I mean, I would probably just try to talk my wife into doing it with a with me. You're hilarious. But, I mean, but you know, I wouldn't yeah, do it yeah, by yeah. myself though. Yeah, but no, I. I I feel like every time I talk to you, the way you talk about your wife and your family, like I hear it. Like, yeah, they save me. Yeah. They yeah. save me because, like, even in in California, working in Hollywood, I only could find a baby mama. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then as soon as I went away from Hollywood, I found my wife. So I'm like, and you met her in Vegas. Yeah, I met her in Vegas. That's awesome. Of all places. Shout outs to your wife. Yeah. What's and up, happy Shay? Birthday. Yeah, Shay I Hayes. Get, yeah, yeah, Shay Hayes. Well, thank you so much for fixing me the broken. Okay, did you like this for real? I did, but this is the thing, okay? I could eat this whole thing, right? But when I'm interviewing you, it'd be like. Right, that's what I was trying to do. Swallow fast. That's what I was trying to do. Yeah, there's no way, especially with this amount of serving. But did I like it? Yes. Will my daughter be eating it? I will personally take a picture and say, look what my daughter (laughs) ate for lunch this week. Because it'll probably be tomorrow's day. I promise you, because sometimes I'm so desperate for like, Make I'm telling, and it's so simple. A little bit of it's salt. Uh, I may uh, the only thing I may do is maybe boil some broccoli and put it in there. Okay, I can see that out. though. You know, I can see to that. round it out. I can see that. But overall, as far as fast on the run, less than twenty Quick. minute mom meal. Quick. Shit, if you're trying to throw your kid out the door, this is gonna hit. And it's, they're gonna be full too. Yes. Yes. How yes, can yes. people keep up with you? 
I prefer that they don't. But come on, you back. Uh, okay. Well, official Spanky Hayes is my Instagram, and Carlos Hayes is my Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's about it. Cool. About and it. I'll be checking in, and I'm going to be giving you as many roses as possible. I definitely want to come out and support any opportunity. Man, I can. please do, and I would love to come back to this show anytime, man. Anytime. Hell yeah. Hell Shout yeah. out to Charlemagne the God. I just want to thank you, Charlemagne, for making me donkey of the day. Two times. You know what I mean? I got two times. Thank you, Charlemagne. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? Whether it's bad press or good press, it's still press. I just called it the Bobby Brown. Bobby, Bobby. Brown, they talked about him bad and good. It, yeah. it didn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It yeah, doesn't as long matter. as they talking about you. Exactly. But you're back. I'm and, back. And we're excited to give you roses now. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Peace out. Peace. For more Eating While Broke from iHeartRadio and The Black Effect, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 